Wouldn't it be great if there were a pocket-sized guide that could help you sleep, focus, act, or be better? Well, there is. And if you have 10 minutes, Headspace can change your life. I know because it's definitely helped me too. Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. Headspace is the only meditation app advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. So whatever the situation, Headspace can really help you feel better. If you're overwhelmed, Headspace has three-minute SOS meditations for you. Need some help falling asleep? They can help you with wind-down sessions their members swear by. And for parents, Headspace even has stuff that you could do with your kids too. And their approach to mindfulness can help you reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. Like I said, I use Headspace as well. I used to use it back in the day, then I got off of it for a while to use another tool. But then, honestly, I came back to it, and it's even better. The voicing, the meditation, it definitely, even just with five minutes a day, it really changes everything for me. It's backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews, and over 60 million downloads. Incredible. So you deserve to feel happier, and Headspace is meditation made simple. So go to headspace.com slash SPI. That's headspace.com slash SPI for a free one-month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. This is the best deal offered right now. Head to headspace.com slash SPI today. This is a Smart Passive Income podcast with Pat Flynn, session number 173. Here we go. Welcome to the Smart Passive Income Podcast, where it's all about working hard now so you can sit back and reap the benefits later. And now your host, he plays right wing on the soccer field, Pat Flynn. What's up, everybody? Thank you so much for joining me today. I appreciate you taking a little bit of time out of your day to hopefully learn and get educated and then then eventually take action on the things that you're gonna learn in this episode. And this is a really important episode, whether you are a podcaster, a blogger, you do videos, maybe you do periscopes, whatever. Managing your editorial calendar and staying consistent with the content that you publish on any platform is obviously extremely important. We're gonna talk all about that today, but before I get to that, I do wanna give a big shout out to Jared Easley and Dan Franks, the founders of the Podcast Movement Conference, which I just spoke at. I opened the show with the keynote on Saturday, And uh, it was an amazing conference. I highly recommend if you are a podcaster yourself to check it out and get ready for it next year as well. They definitely know how to put on an event and have all the big names there in podcasting as well. Uh, Jared, Dan, well done. Thank you for inviting me. And if you're coming over to this podcast for the first time as a result of finding me at Podcast Movement, thank you so much. And whether you're a longtime listener or a first-time listener, as always, I just appreciate you guys so much. So let's get right into the content. Today, we're talking with Garrett Moon. He's one of the founders of CoSchedule. An amazing tool that actually myself and my team are integrating into our workflow schedule, into our editorial calendar to help us manage it moving forward because being productive and optimizing those workflows to create the content that I publish is very important to me in this later half of the year. And I know it's really important to you as well. And whether after hearing what you what, what this tool does, uh, whether you pick it up or not, you know, it's not required, but you can see how just the mindset and what it does can be beneficial to what it is that you do. There are certain strategies and tips that Garrett will talk about that are universal for staying consistent with your editorial calendar and making sure that you continue to pump content out there and great content and content that makes sense, content that is prioritized for your particular audience, and then also how to promote that content as well because a lot of us struggle with 
kind of getting found. We expect that the moment we publish something that it's going to be found. And that is definitely not the case, especially with all that noise out there fighting for everybody's attention. And so Garrett talks a lot about some of the stuff we can do after a piece of content is published to maximize its reach. So without further ado, here is Garrett Moon from CoSchedule.com. Hey, what's up, everybody? Pat Flynn here. I'm so excited to interview Garrett Moon over at CoSchedule.com, a tool that I'm using now and I will be using much more in the near future. A lot of you know that I recently hired a content manager and she's in there. We're planning stuff and we're gonna talk all today about content and your editorial calendar and planning and staying consistent, working with somebody like a content manager. And Garrett is the perfect person for this conversation. So Garrett, before we get into the content, just first of all, thank you and welcome to the Smart Passive Income Podcast. It's my pleasure. I've been a listener and happy to be on the show and excited to talk about content. It's uh, it's a good subject and uh, there's always, always lots for all of us to learn on it. Yeah, you know, it's like a never ending thing for us and we are continually posting blog posts, podcast episodes, videos, and there are good ways to do it and plan ahead and there are not so good ways to do it or you can maybe yeah. not plan ahead like it's like what I used to do. And I would kind of just figure out, okay, I need a blog post going live tomorrow. I open up my screen and I'm just, I don't know what to do, or I'm staring at that cursor for, you know, however many minutes until I figure it out finally. But we'll get into the content really quick. But first I want to just ask you, you know, what what were you doing before you got into all this? What were you doing before CoSchedule started? And then, and then where, the, where did the idea come from to, to create this platform? Yeah, it's a great place to start and um, really... I think it kind of all comes together pretty naturally. So uh, me and my business partner had co-founded a, um, a, we did a lot of web development, software development, sort of a, a small um, little agency that was doing, um, you know, help for clients that were doing marketing or they were building software mm-hmm. uh, as part of their business. And we took a lot of different jobs. And it seemed like, you know, marketing was just one of those places where we had a lot of strong feelings about how we wanted to market our own company. Uh, we wanted to do a lot of uh, drip content uh, using our blog. We wanted to have a strong email list. We wanted to be using social media uh, just to promote our own business. And it seemed like, you know, everywhere we went, you know, people were asking us a lot of questions along those lines. Mm-hmm. So we started doing some some basic consulting, helping people get set up with the blog, helping people doing some training. I think we did like a fifteen part training course that we'd actually like sit in their conference room and and walk them through all of these different steps on how to plan ideas, how to get your team buy in, you know, how to do social media on the end of it. And the thing that we found that was really interesting is that we we had these clients that were really interested in doing it. They bought into it. They understood how that type of content could lead into traffic, could lead to conversions could lead to sales, but doing it and actually putting it into practice was always the really hard part. Um, they had a hard time staying consistent. They had a hard time, you know, following through once content would actually be published, once they'd actually finally get a blog post or something out there, you know, making sure that they had the proper social media sharing behind it. Mm-hmm. So we found like there just wasn't the tool that made it seamless, you know, that made, and it also kind of held, kept you accountable to make sure it happened. So that's really where we started talking about co-schedule. And I think, you know, we were feeling some of those pains as well. 
but um, when it's part of your business or you're really starting to see how it's impacting your customers, it's a lot easier to stay consistent with your content. It's sometimes in those early days when you're getting started, you're trying to get things off the ground, it's really hard to stay uh, to stay consistent. So you need something to kind of bridge that gap. So we wanted to have something that would help you from planning an idea stage to creation all the way to the social media and promotion stage. So we wanted to go from like stay more consistent to get more traffic and to connect those two things together. Right. I love it. And you're right. It's, it, it was a completely natural progression for you guys. And, I, and, and I'm happy that you took action with the pains that you saw. I think a lot of us can learn from kind of your example there. We might be freelancing, we might be in a nine to five job and you might be you know, experiencing pains and, and, and these holes and gaps that, that you could potentially fill in yourself. And so how long did it take you to kind of go from idea stage with co-schedule specifically to have a, to, to having a product and, and when exactly did it come out? Uh, it probably took about eight, eight months or so uh, before we kind of fully launched and, and, and covered everything other than a, a beta, you know, period that we had mm-hmm. with open to a certain limited number of customers. But we took a pretty slow approach to building it. Um, this was back in 2013, so we weren't quite sure what the demand was going to be like. So we kind of did your typical MVP. We did a landing page that said, hey, this is this thing called co-schedule. Here's what it might do. Um, except for that's, you know, no one knew that it was might quite yet. And we just wanted to see how many people would download it, how many people would give us our email address based on this idea. And in a couple of days, we had a few hundred people that had been featured on a couple of WordPress blogs. And mm-hmm. uh, we had gained some momentum pretty quickly. And so that's when we decided to start building it. And it was probably... I don't know, six to eight months before product that uh, we started to get into people's hands that they were testing uh, heavily, at least the calendar side of it. We'd release some some basic social media tools uh, just to see how people would react to it and uh, and kind of gauge along the way. So we officially launched uh, at the end of 2013. I think it was uh, right at the end of September. Yeah, I mean, that, that's awesome. I'm looking at my calendar right now on CoSchedule and I can easily see everything that's coming up from the posts that I have drafted and the tweets and the Facebook promotions that are going out to promote those posts and podcast episodes. But what's really cool is is now my team can come in here and maybe start those posts for me or outline them before I get in there and work myself. I'm really working hard on planning ahead, on optimization and getting my team involved, helping me do things that, you know, maybe I know how to do. And, you know, this is the problem that all entrepreneurs have. We try to do everything. And you learn as you grow as a business owner is that truly how you make a business succeed and how you grow into a real entrepreneur is you get your team involved to do the things that, you know, maybe you do know how to do, but you shouldn't be doing as the CEO or the owner of your company. And that's kind of where I'm at now. And co-schedule is fitting perfectly into that. Now, this calendar situation, you know, this is something that I struggled with, not so much with the podcast because it's a podcast. It was very, you know, I was almost forced to schedule ahead of time because I needed to interview people and that sort of thing. But in terms of blog content, I know I'm not alone when I say I struggle with figuring out and planning ahead. Do you have any tips for people who, no matter what stage they're at, how do we best organize the ideas in our head and turn them into something that could become a content calendar? And, and how do I, how do we prioritize? Like, I mean, what are your thoughts on this? You, you told me yeah. before we started recording that you could talk days about this. I'm really excited to hear what you have to say. Yeah, absolutely. So I think like the worst thing you can do to yourself if you're trying to stay consistent with blogging is um, give yourself like the, the blinking cursor problem where you say, okay, I have to blog. I just have to get this done. And so you you get into WordPress or you go, you know, wherever you're going to write and you just stare at a white page with a blinking cursor. And then you're like, okay, well now what? Like now what am I going to write about? And like one of the things I think we do is we underestimate just the mental energy that we spend just selecting a topic and how hard that can possibly be. 
Um, yeah. And so what happens if you have that blinking cursor, well, you get started on a couple lines, like, no, 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 I don't want to write about that. And you a couple lines, eh, I don't want to write about that. And then you may eventually kind of spit something out, but it's not always as strategic maybe as you as you would have would have done um, had you been able to kind of grab a topic that you were thinking about earlier. Mm-hmm. So I think the, the first thing is just to get away from that type of, of, of approach. You know, you have to plan ahead. You have to have some kind of a system. So the first thing I recommend is what I used to call like a blog storm, which is, okay, we write 25 headlines that you could write about that's relevant to your audience. And you just, you know, open up a Word doc or Google doc or something. You just, you know, numbered list, 25 headlines. And then once you have 25 headlines, expand that to 50 headlines, take it to 75 headlines, and then take it to 100 different headlines. Mm-hmm. And just write that out. And I, and I like to use the headline format because I help. I think it kind of gives you kind of a full picture of, of what the post might look like at the end. Uh, instead of just like, a, I want to write about this topic or this topic, you actually kind of lay out what that headline is going to be. Maybe it's not the final headline, right? But it gives you kind of a structure, at least yep. you're saying. Yeah, exactly. So something you may think, because you may actually be able to have four or five posts out of one topic. And so like just this topic right now, we're talking about how to develop blog ideas. Um, I could probably write 10 different posts on blog ideas, you know, how to categorize your blog post ideas uh, for maximum speed or how to select the best blog post idea to write about right now. How to, you know, um, how to where to store blog post ideas for when you're going to need them later. You can talk about using different tools. So like, nice. there's a lot of approaches that you could have where you don't want to just say blog ideas because that's not specific enough for you to really sink your teeth into. From reading that headline, you should be able to get a good idea of you know what you're going to write about and what's in it for the reader uh, on the other side of it. Right, and also ideas like five... Uh, five experts share where they get their blog ideas from. That's another example. And that kind of tells you immediately, oh, this one I have to kind of plan ahead because I got to reach out to these people. And that tells your team to do that. So yeah, I mean, just that's, that's really smart, actually. And, and, and do you have a specific place where you, where you put all those ideas do you have? Like, do you use Evernote or what, what, what has worked best for you or your clients? Yes, I I use Evernote um, now. Although in some situations, what I'll do with that list of a head, hundred headlines is I'll go through and I'll bold or highlight certain ones that I think I really want to write about. And a lot of times, I'll actually carry them over, or at least I'll carry a few of them over into Evernote. Mm. And and I just have a folder called Blog Ideas. Um, and every post that I want to write or every idea, I usually create a single note, put the sample headline uh, in there, and then I'll just kind of write out a quick two or three sentences or a couple bullet points um, on what I might want to talk about. Just so that like whatever that thought is in your head right now about that topic, that you get it on paper and you put it somewhere so that it's not just going to go to waste. And you're, you're, all of your 100 headlines, you probably don't need to do that, but maybe pick 20 of the best, uh, 30 of the, of the posts that have you most excited and make sure you put them into a little more detailed format. Um, from there, and this is one of the things with, in CoSchedule, we actually built a Evernote integration where we'll actually you can connect uh, an Evernote notebook directly to CoSchedule, and then on the right side of our calendar, you're going to have a little drafts bin, and you can go to that drafts bin, you can grab a blog post, drag it onto your calendar, uh, and actually schedule that post right away, right from Evernote. Uh, and then we'll be able to turn it into content for your WordPress blog. So that's that's, that's cool. one way of doing it. Another way is actually just creating drafts in WordPress. Um, we, we have the same type of thing in CoSchedule where on that right-hand side, there's a, there's a little button called WordPress. And in there, we put all of your posts that are not scheduled. And so if you just say, okay, here's my blog ideas post, 25 blogging, blog idea tips, um, 
you know, drag it onto the calendar. We're automatically going to sync the date and time so that when you're ready to publish it, you know, everything's going to be ready to go live. So you have to have a system for kind of taking lots and lots of ideas, filtering them down to a few, um, and then putting them in a place that's going to make it easy for you to take action on them so you don't forget about them. Right. That, or so you don't just kind of do this blog storm and like some Google Doc that you never, never look at and never open. Yeah, creating drafts in WordPress is a great idea. Uh, because it kind of just makes it more real. And then, then when you're at that point in time where you're going to write, it's just there and ready to go. Uh, the, the thing I love about CoSchedule is, like you said, you can you can create these posts ahead of time in these drafts, writing CoSchedule. So then, then you can see the calendar of how they all fit together. Oh, well, this one I like on this week. Well, this one I'm doing a promotion, so these would make sense here. And it's all there, yep. and you can schedule it. I think that's that's the next logical step. So get a whole bunch of ideas, kind of a brain dump, Take out the ones that don't make sense, but during that brain dump, kind of just put whatever comes to mind. Don't don't use that part of the brain where you're already trying to edit during that time, right? And then narrow them down and then put them on a calendar so you can see exactly where they fit and in, into what it is that you're doing. Now, my big question is, hey, maybe I schedule these and, you know, maybe I do uh, two blog posts a week, which, you know, I used to actually do three blog posts a week, but I put them in the schedule. I see them, you know, one of the most deflating things, however, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this is when... You see something that's scheduled and then for whatever reason you can't get to it that, that day and then you miss it and then you're just like, oh man, I'm behind. I mean, we yeah. always feel like we're we're behind and and I know that, you know, well, we're, we're, we're one day behind so I can wait another day before I get to it and then one day turns into a week, turns into a month and then we're just, we realize we haven't blogged for six months. I mean, how do you how do you overcome that, that sort of syndrome that we have as bloggers and, and content producers? I think there's a few ways. You know, one, I think if you have a lot of different ideas that you've already brainstormed, um, sometimes it's easiest just to pick the one that you're most interested or most excited about writing right now. And that can be the difference. Sometimes we're not, it's not so much that we didn't have time, it's that we didn't make the time because we weren't maybe very excited about the, um, you know, about the topic or mm -hmm. something like that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, don't, don't, hesitate, I would say, to rearrange your calendar based on mood if you need to, because it, it might make you more successful. Um, and I think that's a really important thing is, is that you want to set a plan, but feel free to change if you need to. Um, and that will, that might help you. I think the other thing is it, it's, it's tough. Like I think the the people that have published two to three posts per week, um, they just force themselves to do it. Like you just have to do it. And if that means that you're, you're planning to publish on Tuesdays and Thursdays, but you didn't get to it, so you're going to have to publish on Wednesday and Thursday, fine. You know, publish on Wednesday and Thursday. It's no big deal. It's not going to hurt anything. Shipping, you know, getting it out there is better than sitting on it and not doing it. So don't necessarily yeah. wait for it to be a perfect plan. Just, just execute it and move forward. I love that. Just execute it and move forward. Just ship, as they always say. Now, when yeah. put, putting your ideas into the calendar you know, I can imagine a few people and, and myself included doing this, just kind of picking from the top and going, okay, here's the, the one at the top. That one goes on Tuesday. Here's the second one that goes on Thursday. The next one, yeah. Tuesday, the next one, Thursday. Now, what are some thoughts that we should have in terms of where we should put them on our calendar instead of just kind of down the list? Well, I think there's a few different ways to add variety. I mean, um, you know, how to post, for example, you want to, it depends what you're trying to do with your blog, but um, mm -hmm. you know, if you're wanting to do a how to blog, then maybe that's what you want to stick with. If you're trying to mix it up a little bit and add some like expert type of advice or content, uh, you want to make sure you have a balance between those different types of content. And so an editorial calendar does really let you see that from kind of a bird's eye view. Yeah. You know, you can uh, mark them with different colors or icons if you want to get organized like that. Um, I think the other thing is, um, 
there, I guess there's two true approaches. You know, we I generally prefer to have a variety of topics rather than hammer too much on one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but there can be times where it's like, hey, you know, in these couple couple email or couple blog posts, I'm going to focus on this one aspect of blogging or content creation. Um, and so those are both fine ways to do it. I think it's just worth you know you kind of anal- you know analyzing your own audience. What do they want? What do they prefer? And then kind of deciding, do I want to do a series of posts or do I want to try and mix things up a little? bit. I think the other one is like really keep an eye on what's working. We always pull in the social sharing stats uh, into CoSchedule on every single post. So it's really easy just to, uh, there's other ways you can do this with analytics and stuff, but like go back on your previous content and what are people clicking on the most? What's getting the most social shares? Um, What are, what are you hearing from people the most? Getting most comments or the most emails, um, and and kind of mentally noting those types of things. And if it's how to content that really seems to get the most shares, well, make sure you keep a steady stream, a steady diet of how to content in there for social sharing. If expert type of posts or interview types of posts get the most uh, email subscribers or most um, comments, then you want a steady diet of those as well. And those those are types of things that you can stagger uh, for the most, you know, to get the most strategic input from your content. Yeah, there's some really interesting analytics that CoSchedule pulls in for you based on those shares. And I see here when I just on my dashboard, I can see the top posts with the total shares on social media, for example, of all time. The top one is actually yep. was a guest post uh, that was done by John Corkin about how to grow your blog audience by building relationships with other bloggers. Now, I wouldn't ever have known that unless I went somewhere where I could see the top post. And it's kind of cool that it's here. And of course, like CoSchedule is amazing. And I can just click on this and share it again if I wanted to. Um, I also see that my most recent popular post is SPI podcast episode 169 with Nathan Chan, who is the, um, uh, the founder of Founder Magazine. And, uh, you know, it's just amazing to see those things. And yes, I can see absolutely what's working, but I also want to go back to the calendar, um, because yes, using a calendar, you can see that bird's eye view. And I think we should all be having some sort of calendar, whether it's on co-schedule or on a piece of paper or something, something I did this year that I've never done before that I learned from, uh, Amy Porterfield, uh, watching a video of hers actually was that, um, I have this giant calendar that is the entire year. Every day is on this calendar and she highlights what happens on certain days. So she can see from a bird's eye perspective, here's when the launch for my product is. Here's when uh, I'm going to this conference. Here's when I'm on sabbatical and all these things. And she can see really easily based off of that what needs to happen and when. And the same thing is 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 relevant to your content calendar. You can see, for example, and know when you have a launch coming up and then you can kind of plan ahead of time and see, okay, well, to lead up to that, I want to I want to have two weeks of content and, and make sure there's a case study in there and and, yeah. and talk about this. And, you know, like you said, you know, having a mix in there is good as well. But also it's nice to have themes depending on what's going on, too. So, like you said, it depends on on your audience and what you're trying to do. And the best way to find out what works is to just experiment and see what's going on. What we're doing in my team. And we're, again, this is experimentation. We are going to be batch processing the writing process. So I know that starting in Q4 of this year on Mondays, I will be just writing and that's all I am focusing on. The And the idea is for me to have less opportunity to say to myself, well, what am I going to do today? Like if I ever have to ask mm-hmm. myself that in terms of what I need to do for my business, then something is going wrong. I don't ever want to have to say, hmm, I could do this or this one. I want to know exactly on that day what I'm doing. So Monday is all writing day and we're going to write two or three blog posts that day on these topics that I know I have ahead of time because they're in our buckets and they're going to be on the calendar. They're going to be already drafted. Some of my team is actually going to go in there and already start to outline some of that content for me. 
or if there's any stories I should read, put those links in there right directly in those posts. So when I go in there, I already have somewhere to start. It will never be a blank cursor. And so that's kind of what we're focusing yeah. on. And then Tuesdays are my days to record podcasts. Wednesdays are, day, are days where I'm doing meetings and inter interacting with uh, my team and, and so on and so forth. So batch processing has been really helpful uh, too. So let's let's move on to um, the social sharing aspect. This is kind of a really cool thing that CoSchedule does. And obviously this could be done on your own, but it's kind of cool how it's integrated here. And And what's awesome is, now when I write a post, before I publish it, I can scroll down in, in WordPress and I can schedule these posts to be tweeted or Facebooked or put it on LinkedIn, Pinterest, or Google Plus ahead of time. So I could say, um, yep. you know, I can, I can, and this is literally what I do with my podcast episodes right now, and it'll be done with the, all the other posts in the future. So the podcast is ready to go live. It's already edited and, and, and things like that. I just need to hit publish. But before I go to that, I scroll down and I tell CoSchedule to tweet it out the moment that post goes live, I tell it to tweet it out a day later between eight and 11, and I can customize the copy and all that stuff. It looks just like Twitter down there. And that has made a huge impact on how many views each of these posts and podcast episodes have had since I've started working with CoSchedule. So again, just yeah. making sure, and you had you had mentioned this earlier, how a lot of the, your previous clients, you know, they were doing the right things, but then they would kind of drop the ball on what happens after a post goes live. So I'd love for you to speak on, okay, how can we best utilize, you know, in, in terms of social media, the maximum output for, or maximum reach with these posts that we publish? Because we want to get the most out of what we write. I mean, we spend a lot of time doing it. Well, exactly. And I think it, it's the, um, you know, tweet it once and kind of never again right. type of problem that we have when we publish content. And it's crazy because it's sort of like you get to the finish line, you had the blinking cursor, you had, had some ideas, you finally get this post cranked out, you hit publish, and it's almost like you want to like run in the other direction and forget about it. Um, because it's like finally done and, and it can be kind of a big process to get something out there. And so we use, you know, these simple plugins that like, you know, they send it to all of your social channels one time, uh, but they, they kind of never come back to it. And mm -hmm. what happens is that when you, when you publish that post, all of the work on promoting your content now begins. And what I always find that we always felt like that was the backwards approach. Um, so what CoSchedule allowed us to do, and this is actually, this is my favorite feature in CoSchedule, and it was one of the very first things that we ever built, was allowing you to create those social media messages right in WordPress while you're creating uh, your blog post. So you can actually pre-schedule your messages, we'll automatically pull in your images, we'll automatically pull in your headline, um, we'll automatically pull in um, your link once the post goes live, because because we're built into WordPress, so we have all of that information. Now, if you're creating content somewhere else, not in WordPress, you can still do all of this from CoSchedule. We'll be able to pull your images in. We'll be able to pull your permalink. You know, all that stuff still works. It's just not using the WordPress plugin. Mm -hmm. And the cool thing about it is it saves a ton of time. So when you go to create a new tweet, we pull in your image, we pull in a headline. You don't have to copy-paste. You don't have to type it. But even more you can do it while you're creating your blog post, not once it goes live. And that is a that sounds small and it sounds simple, uh, but it's it's a huge advantage. And what we find is that people are more successful because they create their social uh, their social promotion before their content ever gets published. And so they're more intentional about it and they drip it out over a number of days. And right in CoSchedule, in the interface, we kind of give you sort of a template. We say, okay, what's the messages that you want to send right when this post goes live? It's the day of. And usually it's something like, okay, send it right when it goes live, maybe three hours later, four hours later, repeat it again. Uh, then what do you want to do the next day? Okay, the next day, we're going to repeat it on Twitter a couple times. Maybe we're going to send it over to our Facebook page again, uh, depending on our audience. 
Then maybe a week later, we're going to send it out again, a month later. And then you can also even uh, choose custom days. And, and we do that all relatively. So you can say, okay, in six days from now, send out another tweet. In seven days from now, send out another tweet. Mm-hmm. And what we see from most users is like 30 to 40% increase in traffic to a post overnight. Yeah. Just because I've seen they've it. created better habits sharing their, their content. Right. I mean, so so is that kind of the ideal? So after a post goes live, is that the ideal kind of frequency in terms of resharing that post? So obviously sharing it the moment it goes live and then sharing it yep. a day later and then you have a week later and then a month later. Are those specific to any data or analytics that your team has collected over time or is it kind of does it kind of depend? It kind of depends a little bit. Um, we set that up as sort of the ideal timeline as far as the average length of most content will fit into those categories and buckets. Mm-hmm. Uh, we actually have found that it's you know it's very useful to say schedule it and share it at least once a day, every day for the first two weeks, and then after that we rotate it in with a bunch of other types of content. Wait, and, and so that's how we personally do it. Can you repeat that? I think that was pretty important. So. So for the first two weeks after a new piece of content goes live, we share it at least once a day, every day for two weeks. Once a day, every day for two weeks. And on our Twitter channel. Now, how would you respond to somebody that says, well, that, that's, a, that's a little too much. I mean, wouldn't, wouldn't my audience feel tired or fatigued from all that promotion? If you send the same message over and over again, like, yes, they definitely could. And I think that's the key is making sure you add some variety to it. We use different images every single time. We'll pull different pull quotes or different you know, facts uh, from our post. Um, so if you're just using the headline and the permalink every single time, you can, you can kind of wear them out. Uh, but, you know, pull in a different image. Sometimes we'll make our post more about a graphic or we'll cite a fact or we'll mm-hmm. ask our audience a question based on that certain topic. Um, so if you add some good variety to your content that you're, you're sh- sharing, you're fine. The other one is, is that when I, when I kind of say that, I primarily mean Twitter. And we all know that Twitter right. can handle a lot more of that type of activity than Facebook. Now, Facebook, we may share it this, the day it goes live and maybe 30 days later or a couple weeks later. Uh, but it's not something that we're going to share it every single day for two weeks on on Facebook. Right. So right. You, you have to kind of, you have to be careful with it. But as long as you're being conscientious of what you're sending out there and really looking at your social schedule and not like bulk, like sending a like 20 messages all at once, <laughs> um, you can get away with probably a lot more than you think uh, on channels like Twitter. And, and that's why it's really smart that, I mean, I think everybody should have an editorial calendar, obviously, and this is something that we're implementing in my team, like I said, but a social calendar is interesting as well. Here's when I'm tweeting what, and I, and I think that's a lot more difficult for people to grasp, especially because you know there's a lot of tweeting that goes along. There, there's a lot of promotion on Facebook and other, other content platforms. That's why I appreciate that you guys put our posts, our social posts on the calendar as well. So I can go in today, for example, and see that, you know, I have a post going live. I have two tweets. They're not too far apart from each other and I can make them further apart if I need to. And again, I just get that nice, constant, you know, peace of mind that things are rolling and things are, things are scheduled where they need to be. I think, I think that's super cool. How about wait, like, Posts that are much older, I know a lot of us have written a lot of great content that is kind of deep in our archives now, especially, you know, when we first start our websites, we often write our best stuff, but then that's when we have the least amount of people on our site. So what are some tips for everybody out there to kind of re-engage our audience with our older content, some of the good stuff that's in the archives that is kind of hard to find now? 
Yeah, and so this is where that top post page that you kind of mentioned before comes in really handy. So we create a page that goes through all of your WordPress content, and we say, okay, based on social shares uh, and, and social activity, these are your most popular posts. And you can break those down into different windows, like all time, 24 hours, 30 days, you know, whatever. Um, and like you said before, we make it really easy to share those posts. So the approach that is fairly common is that, okay, well, we're going to use something like a tweet old post plugin and we're just going to like constantly reshare all of our content over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. And you can tell usually on somebody's Twitter feed when they're using that, because what will happen is they'll, they'll have a post that's very timely. It was, you know, something that happened six months ago in the news and it sort of feels out of place right now. Right. <laughs> um, or the bigger problem that happens is, is you're burning up a lot of like social media time on, on content that maybe wasn't that popular. So what we really actually see the, the best approach is, is actually reshare your, your best content that performed the best, not yep. just content that you created. So some posts you're going to write, they're going to do okay. Some posts are going to be duds and some posts are going to be awesome. Why don't we share the awesome ones over and over again um, and let the duds kind of go to the, the wayside? So that that top post allows you to kind of squeeze as much traffic and as much um, influence as you can out of your most popular content. And I think, like, think about how you use Twitter. You know, I mean, if you're a Twitter user, just think about how you use it. Like, it's no one reads everything you send. So mm -hmm. you're actually doing your audience a dis service by not resharing some of your best content. They're not going to see all of your tweets. They're not going to see every message. They're not going to see most of the tweets that you sent, actually. So um, you're not, you're probably not going to hurt your audience by sharing it a few times. Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. I've never heard helping any, them. I, I've never heard anybody complain from oversharing something too much. A couple of final questions here, especially on the social stuff, which I know we're all involved with. I, I did a recent survey and you know, it's interesting that two things that people did the most in their business, I asked everybody, well, what activities do you do in your business? And uh, the top two were writing blog posts and social media. So it's perfect, like for this for this conversation. But what are some tips that you have or what have you noticed with your own content? You guys create a lot of great content on coschedule.com, but your content, everybody else's content, what what gets the most shared shares? What are the features of a blog post that tend to get shared more often than others? Yeah, we've done really good with, um, we, we created a plugin called click to tweet and it's free. It's something that we give away and it just adds these like little tweetable quote to your blog and that people share. Uh, so rather than just like you know, sharing the headline and your link, they actually, uh, share a little quote from the middle of your post, uh, found that those don't actually take away from the, the traditional shares that people will do, uh, they just add to it. So you can mm -hmm. usually, um, you know, increase your your shares ten or twenty percent by having those types of quotes in your post, and, and they need to be good ones. But um, that helped a lot. Um, later on, you know, let's kind of maximize that. We started moving towards image based content. Yep. Um, we get and Pinterest. Uh, uh, traffic on more like infographic style images does really really well. Uh, so we've you know greatly increased you'll see on our blog we greatly increase the amount of visual content and it makes our posts really readable it helps people kind of get some of the main points very quickly but uh, actually doing a lot of these infographics um, has helped a lot i think the other one is is making sure you really tie it into a very good email uh, newsletter and marketing program uh, we we were used to we, Here's a, here's a great one. Like we used to send out a, a digest email once a week that said, Hey, here's the top content from the co-schedule blog. And here's a few other posts that we found around the web that we really like. And then we call that our content marketing update. And it's been a great newsletter for us and, and people love it. But we just said, you know what, what about sending out 
notifications of new content. We only publish two or three posts a week. Let's just email everybody and let them know, hey, this post went live. Here's a quick summary. If you mm-hmm. want to read it, here's a link. That alone, like, I don't know what the, it was a 30 to 40% increase in traffic basically overnight because we sent, started sending those emails. Yeah. And all we had to do was give people a little option that says, hey, I want to receive weekly emails or I want to see, receive daily emails. And if you give people an easy opt out for that kind of thing, um, it's, it's a huge step and it's, it's a big traffic driver. Yeah, I've noticed hundreds of percents of increase in traffic to, to yeah. certain posts by by sharing uh, sharing it on, on the email list, that's for sure. One thing that I do, and I've noticed on Twitter specifically, and of course on Facebook as well, is the posts that go out that have an image attached to them uh, yeah. are, are, are always the ones that are the most shared. I'm looking at all of my top posts right now on Twitter and on CoSchedule um, in the entire archive of SPI and all of them have great images attached to their social yes. media. And um, it's, it's that especially huge. is a big impact. It's especially a big impact on Twitter. Um, you know, Twitter's the way that Twitter features images is really nice. And so if you kind of look through your feed, you'll notice that you're easily gravitating towards uh Post with images, and they're getting more more common. But particularly in the early days, when when they when Twitter was updating all of their apps to finish or to feature those images, mm-hmm. um, that was a big thing. Um, the Twitter cards and some of those types of link posts and stuff in Facebook can also be really good good ways to experiment. I've actually found this is one tip I'd say is experiment with your audience on Facebook between text based posts with a link, image posts with a link, and then actually the link. Based posts. Uh, we've seen several people that use CoSchedule where they have better luck with one or the other. Oh, and so it just depends on your audience, but it's worth worth trying. Awesome. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. And for those of you who are like, how do I make those images that I can put on social media? There's a great tool out there called Canva, C-A-N-V-A dot yep. com, which I've used. Um, you know, I have a graphic guy that does all the images for me. I used to do them all myself and in Photoshop, actually, which took forever. But Canva is really quick, super easy to use, and it doesn't take very long. Uh, no matter what social platform you have, they can they can help you out. So, uh, Garrett, this has been a great conversation. Are there any final tips you have for everybody out there? I, most of my audience blogs, most of my audience creates content. What are maybe one or two tips you have? Maybe a couple you know things to look out for to make sure that they get the most out of what they do. Yeah, I think a couple of them are you know one don't psych yourself out if you're not creating a lot of content. Um, I think you know the the calendar will provide a really a base of motivation if you put it on there and you say, okay, next week we're going to do this post, the week after that I'm going to do this post, mm-hmm. and just make sure you get it done and hold yourself accountable to that calendar. I mean, there's really nothing that can beat your own um, your own motivation to get it done. And I think that comes down to setting goals and making sure that you follow through with them. I know you did like a podcast with Michael Hyatt not too long ago, and I remember yeah. listening to that one. And, and he's so good about how to set goals and how to ma- motivate yourself to get them done. And I think, you know, Listen to that once a week if you need to to kind of just motivate yourself to do it. But we find that like if we set a goal like, hey, we want 500 social shares per post, um, like that changes the game on how you think about content. Wow. Mm-hmm. Because not only are you saying, okay, I'm going to publish once a week, but now I have to figure out how to promote it enough to make sure I get those 500 social shares. So that's a good one. you know. Or like, what is your content doing for you? Are you driving to a newsletter? Are you driving towards um, you know, contacts through a contact form? If you're thinking like influence, then it should be maybe uh, the number of people that are asking for an estimate or something like that. But like have that one driving goal so that you know instinctively, you know, not just something where you go into your analytics, but instinctively, you know, that this is working because once you start to see it work, that's, what's going to motivate you and push you forward. Um, we have some really 
great dashboards that we've made for our users that have our Google Analytics tracking turned on. And what we try to do is we just try to boil it down to a few different things that matter, like what pieces of content are getting the most social activity, what social channels that you're sharing on are giving you the most return uh, on your time and your investment. And so we just kind of boiled it down to some really simple dashboards that you can turn on with like two clicks in your Google Analytics account if you have co-schedule sharing your social messages. And they will help you kind of focus in on a couple of those things and track those goals. I think it's it's really important to attach it to something other than I just want to publish. You know, what's the yeah. you know, what's the why? Why are you publishing? Um, I think that makes all the difference in the world. That's so good. It's such a great way to end the show actually too. And I'm looking here at my top post and I'm kind of taking your advice. I'm seeing what has been working very well and let me read you the list of You had some guest authors that you mentioned yeah. that were at the top. You know, yeah. like reach out to them and ask them for a second post. Um, we've done that. That's a great way. Some, or, you know, or, um, or I usually have to figure out like, okay, why is that post a top post? Is it the headline? Is it the topic? Uh, is it the writer? And, and maybe try two or three of those different things. Put some stuff on your calendar over the next month or two that says, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and duplicate this type of headline idea. You know, what was it about this headline that was really great? Or I'm going to have this guy write another post for us. Um, or, it's, or it's the topic. And, and um, you know, use that and, and make some guesses on why it's successful and re- repeat it again. Yeah. I mean, l- let me read you really quick the list of top posts on SPI um, for all time. The first one is how to grow your audience by building relationships with other bloggers, the ultimate guide that was shared over f- uh, f- almost 5,000 times. That was a guest post. Mm-hmm. Then episode 96, how to make a living selling your artwork, another how-to post. That was a podcast episode. Then number three, how to start a podcast, Pat's complete step-by-step podcasting tutorial. Number four is the backlinking strategy that works 2014 and beyond edition. So how to do backlinking. Again, this one was a guest post as well. And then there's a few other how-to articles too, um, how to how to create a Facebook page. That's That one's from a long time ago, but still one of the most shared. And um, so that one I'm not gonna share because it's not relevant, but all these other ones are absolutely relevant and I can share them and I will share them. I actually literally, while you were talking just now, scheduled one post to go live um, and so it should be live on Twitter right now just to get a little bit more out of that uh, older post. So uh, yeah. Garrett, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate this. I appreciate you and the team and what they're doing at coschedule.com. Highly recommend everybody check it out. Smartpassiveincome.com slash coschedule, C-O-S-C-H-E-D-U-L-E.com, uh, a tool you're gonna love and um, comes highly recommended. So Garrett, thank you so much. Can't wait to connect with you in, in the near future. Yeah, thanks, Pat. This has been fun. Cheers. All right. Wow. What an amazing interview. That is, again, Garrett Moon from CoSchedule.com. If you wanted to pick up CoSchedule, you can actually check it out if you go to SmartPassiveIncome.com slash CoSchedule. Simple enough. SmartPassiveIncome.com slash CoSchedule. And of course, you can get all the notes and the, and the links and the resources mentioned in this particular episode at SmartPassiveIncome.com slash Session 173. And again, I appreciate you, Garrett, for coming on and sharing that. And also, I appreciate your tools so much because it's going to be integral and absolutely vital for us moving forward in terms of organizing everything that's going on in all the different legs of my business. So thank you for that. Again, that link is smartpassiveincome.com slash co-schedule. Also, I want to take a quick moment just to thank you. I don't know if you realize this, but you've had, you, the listeners, have made a massive impact on the direction of where Smart Passive Income has gone. Uh, As a result of you, I've been 
interviewing certain guests that you've recommended. As a result of uh, your recommendations, I've been tackling different topics that are that are of high interest to you. Uh, in addition to that, I created a brand new podcast called Ask Pat, which you may have heard of before. And on that show, I answer voicemail questions from you as well. You can actually check that out at askpat.com. But that wouldn't happen if it wasn't for you. Obviously, Ask Pat, there needs to be questions in addition to my answers in order to make that show success and and i'm so thankful that uh it's there and and i have you to thank for that i also have you to thank for pushing me to create some online courses to help you through a number of the the different problems and pains that you might be having with your online business uh the the scaling of it just even the start and the process of it um even though there's a lot of great free information here via the podcast i know and i know this from my own experience as well courses can be life-changing because you you purchase a course and you are just in that mindset of actually doing that thing that that course tells you to, to do. And I have a number of different courses available to you if that's the kind of thing you need in order to actually finally start getting results and taking action. So I know a number of you have already taken action, which is fine. Like I'm not trying to push these courses on you, but they are there and available for those of you who would much prefer to get that targeted information and the accountability and the handholding through those processes. So if you want to check out and see all the courses that are available to you, all you have to do is go to smartpassiveincome.com slash courses. That's a page that's going to continually grow over time as well. So keep checking back, smartpassiveincome.com slash courses. And I look forward to, uh, to hopefully seeing you there. I also want to give a shout out to, and this isn't an official sponsor, I just wanted to mention this because a lot of people have been asking me, hey, where else am I speaking this year? I just finished Podcast Movement. Where else am I going to be? Well, one of the places I'm going to be is in the Twin Cities for Converted 2015 in mid-October. So if you actually go to smartpassiveincome.com slash converted, you're going to see that I'm going to be speaking at this event, which is put together by Lead Pages. Lead Pages is a company that you've heard me mention several times in the podcast before. I'm an advisor for the company, and I am honored to speak on the first day of this event, and I cannot wait to see you there, hopefully, if this is something that is going to help you. And by the looks of it, with the guests who are going to be there and all the content that's going to be talked about. It's going to be fantastic. So I look forward to seeing you there in Minnesota. Go ahead and check it out, smartpassiveincome.com slash converted. Thank you all so much for listening in. I appreciate you, and I cannot wait to serve you in the next episode of the Smart Passive Income Podcast. Until then, keep pushing forward, keep shipping. Cheers, take care, love you, bye. Thanks for listening to the Smart Passive Income Podcast at www.smartpassiveincome.com. So podcasting is obviously a big deal here at SPI. And today, I'm so excited to tell you about our newest podcast. Yes, a brand new podcast called Flops. Flops is all about exploring, celebrating, and normalizing failure in the entrepreneurial journey. Every entrepreneur experiences failure at some point, so I love that we're just facing it head on here. And the show is hosted by two members of the team, Karen and Ray, and in it, they talk to entrepreneurs who have had stumbles, setbacks, and flat-out failures. These guests are honest and generous with their stories, and I think they offer hope and encouragement for all other entrepreneurs out there because we all experience it, right? We all experience failure. For example, in the first episode, Ray talks to John, who got caught up in a Ponzi scheme. It's a story with twists and turns that will keep you hooked. It's a great story. I highly recommend you check it out. But one thing I love about Flops is that it doesn't dwell on the failure, and it always finds a bright side. I really love it, and I think you will too. So the first season of Flops has already started with new episodes dropping on Wednesdays. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also listen at smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. Again, that's smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. I hope you enjoy it.